0: welcome to your divorce planner podcast i'm your host heidi b certified divorce coach event expert and go-to gal for navigating the next steps of your divorce journey i'm so happy you've tuned in for the tools topics and truth talk to start transforming your life today i truly believe that with a powerful planning partner you will heal the heartbreak and move forward faster without further delay let's continue creating your comeback today Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We have a great show for you today. My special guest is Miss Susie Shearing, and she is a creatrix transformologist helping women break free from the chains of limiting beliefs that have been holding them back to become their most authentic selves. She is also a holistic health coach through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, as well as a platinum wellness advocate with doTERRA essential oils. Susie is creating a legacy of prevention through all of her health and wellness credentials. She also does energy work through Reiki and Access Bars. Susie is a local to Central Ohio and graduated from The Ohio State University with a bachelor's in psychology. She's a two time breast cancer survivor, married to a police detective, and has three children and a roddy named Titus. Welcome to the show, Susie.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on.
0: So, so glad that you're here. Susie and I met through Women's networking community and she is just a wonderful bright light. I also had the privilege of going through a coaching session with her. It's really important that coaches sometimes have coaches and mentors themselves. And I was really intrigued by the creatrix transformologist process that you take people through. So it was really, really fun that you gave me a treat. I've also tried her essential oils on my own self through some of the pain that I've been having. So she's just really, really incredible. And I can't wait to share her female success formula with you guys today. So we're going to go through that in a little bit. But before we dive in deep to all of the juicy stuff, Susie, can you maybe share a little bit more about why you're so passionate about the work that you do?
1: Thanks for asking. I am passionate about it. I mean, it started really in 2005 when I got breast cancer. So that just changed my perspective, changed my life, in a good way. You know, the process wasn't great, but the outcome has been really great. And then I got cancer again, which I felt like, I guess I didn't learn enough. So I have been on a journey since 2005. Just, I gobble everything up, health and wellness. And I got into essential oils, which really got me deeper into, you know, natural products. So, and natural healing. So, you know, the energy work and all of that. And mostly I work with women. So that got me interested in, since when I do essential oils, it's network marketing and why so many women were failing in that realm, you know, and quitting so it's like, there's something about the female mindset and I really wanted to help women win. So that led me to actually, I ran a networking group for three years. This was before I met you. It's still around though. And then that got me into Creatrix, which is a female mindset reset.
0: Ooh, I love the word reset because a lot of times I hear people kind of say like, you need to just like squash everything and do it all different and change it all up. But tell me what you mean by the word reset. What does that mean for you and your clients?
1: So basically, that is just we help generational limiting beliefs as well as limiting beliefs you've gotten through experiences. We reset them to back to like what normal people have, right? Like, (laughs) So if you are one of those people that have super overwhelm, right, like you're 10x on overwhelm you will go back to like what a normal person would have overwhelm, right? Like you can go, you won't get rid of overwhelm. It's not completely gone forever, right? We still have feelings and all of those things, but it would be like you go into a situation where someone else would have the same amount of overwhelm. Like it's a normal thing, You but you don't go 10X it.
0: Yeah. Right? Where, where have you seen women in particular having the most overwhelm? Where does that stem from?
1: women's brains are just different than men. And we see all the possibilities and we see all the connection of dots and we remember history much better than men. So we have all this information yeah, to make a decision to move forward. And so that can cause some overwhelm, right? Mm-hmm. So in business with our children, with our relationships, we're overanalyzing, you know, and causing overwhelm.
0: Is it like a lot of intake too? Is it just like, Do women tend to be more sensory activated, kind of like we take, 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 take it all and take it all and take it all in. How do women's brains differ from men's brains? Tell us more about that. Well,
1: there's a lot, (laughs) right? Like we're not fundamentally a lot different. We're only about 1% different, but that's a lot in the scheme of life, right? Like 1% seems like a little bit, but it's so, so much like even men's, and this is part of the female success formula, right? Like the way men are successful is actually more difficult for women. And that's what all the gurus teach you is goals, right? Yes. Goals, achieve your goals, do this, achieve your goals, and you'll be happy, right? Right. Because men biologically were made to hunt, so they had to go, okay, I need this animal. I got to go get it. We get it. We feed the family, right? Yeah. So goal-oriented. Women were meant to take care of the children, right? They had the babies. and So we have to be very particular on babies, what they look like, what they're feeling, very intuitive. So we're more like, we need to be, do, and then have. And men are do, have, be. So it's the opposite. Right. So we're learning, you know, we have to be consistent. Right. You have to be consistent to hit your goals. Well, women are cyclical. Right. We have periods. We're Mm -hmm. cyclical. So Mm -hmm. we can't be expected to be consistent on a daily basis. Right, yeah,
0: that makes <laughs> when I sense. Oh, women,
1: that they're like your face, it just lit up like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Like, some days I don't feel like doing it and I push myself. I'm not saying do nothing, you know, don't do just sit around and do nothing, but maybe if you know that you're gonna have a week where you're not quite yourself, don't schedule podcasts, don't go, I'm going to do this major project, do all the little things that you can do easily. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, that makes so much, so much sense. So men, men are more do have be and then women are
1: be do have. And then we also want to create a legacy. So we're always thinking about our children and what that leaves for the future. Men aren't necessarily into that, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because, and it's in a lot of cases too, because right, we do have both male and female makings. Just because we're female doesn't mean that we're not necessarily more energetically masculine and vice versa. doesn't mean that men aren't necessarily more energetically feminine. Those two energies work in all systems. But what I hear you saying is this goes back All the way, all the way back, cavemen back years. And so in talking about some of these generational limiting beliefs, that's where this system of do have, be, be, do have can teach us a lot about how to elevate our lives where we're at based on if we are female or if we are male.
1: Yeah. And I mean, one in five females have more of a male brain. So, you know, if, if someone's listening to this and like, I'm the other way, like, I'm so consistent, I got all this down. That's like you said, everybody's a little bit different and that's fine. But in general, most females' brains are different, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That make it makes a lot of sense. What have you learned in your growth about like where you were actually limited before you started this work? and understood all of these pieces of the puzzle, which we'll tap into in a second. Like, what did you learn that really opened your eyes up? Like, whoa, this is a showstopper for me.
1: Right, so that's really good question too. (laughs) Just learning about the female brain being different was an eye-opener for me. Like it gave me permission to go, oh, that's why I get so stressed out with goals and consistency and, and why that's limited me. Yeah, because I was like, I've got to be this way to be successful, right? I see the people successful. I see them. I see what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah, right. Female or male, right? Like I see it, and I'm like, that's what I got to do. I've got to follow the pattern, right? I have to do what successful people do. But when I heard that the differences between male and female brains, it just—I was like, oh my god, that's. I get that. That makes me feel so much better. It wasn't that I couldn't do that. It just didn't feel natural for me. It didn't get put me at peace and ease. It put me in stress. yeah. when you're in stress, you can't use your frontal lobe, which is your logical area, right? So mm-hmm. then you might not be doing the things you need to do because you're in stress mode. yeah so giving myself permission to do things differently was is huge, huge.
0: This concept of permission is huge in my program. It's one of the first things that we teach is giving yourselves permission slips Uh, to do life differently. Right. I love what you just said. How do I do it differently? And I always say like, how do I do life differently to create the life I want to live and the woman I want to be? Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. And so much of it is just going, hold on, I have permission to feel different, to be different, to think different. And I love that the differentiation of male female brains gave you the permission to go, oh, now I don't have to feel so bad. This is kind of like inherited from generations and generations and generations and just like suited from back in the day of what our roles were kind of laid out as for survival.
1: Correct. Yeah. Right. I mean, humans really haven't been around that long. So getting rid of those things is going to take a while, right? Like we still have those instinctual ways of being, our brains are still pretty primitive, you know? So even though we, I mean, there's AI and all this stuff, we're pretty smart too, but We still have that primitive stuff back there that is natural, that just kind of kicks in, you know. And when you're fighting that, it can be stressful and overwhelming. Especially
0: when you're unconsciously fighting it, right? Yes. I mean, yeah, you don't even know. (laughs) You have no clue that you're fighting yourself on certain things and certain traits based on limiting beliefs that you don't even know are limiting you. Right. There's so many times where I'm in conversation with women, whether it's like at a coffee chat, at a networking group, on a coaching call, in a mentorship, all different realities, all different situations where it's like, if you bring it back to, well, what's your limiting belief on this? Or I call it sometimes the roadblock. What is getting in the way of you actually moving forward? And a lot of times it is that permission piece or is that... I call it a BS belief, limiting beliefs, BS beliefs, like what am I choosing to sit with that's keeping me stuck in this situation? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the creatrix transformologist role that you play and how this is really helping people.
1: So I'm newly certified (laughs) and my first client went amazing and my transformation has been amazing. So basically I'm helping people. I'm looking at what their limiting beliefs are and helping them unlearn them and come to their own learnings, right? Because I can tell you, this is how you should be. You can forget that, you know, like I can tell you, you're beautiful, right? And you'd be like, oh, thank you. But if you tell yourself you're beautiful, that's so much more important, right? That's so much deeper. That's a belief. If I tell you, you're like, oh, Right, compliment. But if you tell yourself it is internal. So I help women tell themselves these learnings so that they can move forward and then it's ingrained in their being
0: Mm -hmm. who they are.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. And it will fundamentally change the rest of their lives and their interactions. And I'm very into a legacy of prevention, whether it be physical or mental or whatever. So they can leave a legacy of prevention Mm -hmm. for their children to be different right? Mm. Can so, you,
0: and can you talk more about that legacy of prevention? What does that mean to you?
1: So I got cancer, like we talked about earlier, and I've been learning, I still learn all these new health and wellness ways to be so that I can hopefully prevent it from happening again, right? Mm. I'm not planning on doing threes of charm. So yeah, let's not do that. Right. But how can I teach others to be preventative now, Mm -hmm. so that I don't have to go what I went through, right? Because it's not fun. I mean, obviously, for me, it ended up being beneficial, because now I'm teaching other people not to do these things, right? And to Mm -hmm. look outside the box and think differently. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean. It's just like, I want to help other people not go through what I went through.
0: Mm, that's really, really, really powerful. Not even just beautiful, just super powerful, a legacy of prevention. I've never heard anyone say it in such an eloquent way and powerful way. And also I think a lot of times like in the coaching world, people don't, and just with any kind of product or service, either one, we don't necessarily invest our time, our money, or our energy in preventative measures. Until we come across a situation that is so intensely painful, and it could be physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain, until we feel it at our core, we as humans tend to not take steps to invest in measures that can create long-term transformational sustainable change. And I I love, love, love that you brought this up because I felt really passionate about this since I became a coach in 2019, where people don't want to meet with a coach until they hit the point of the lowest low. Yeah. But- if you're able to step into a coaching or a mentorship or a partnership or of some sort, even a community of some sort, before you get to the threshold of pain, until you get to the height of your pain, you are going to be so much more prepared just to navigate life in general. Yeah.
1: Right? Absolutely. And the thing is, like for me, I'm Fundamentally changing my children to be preventative, right? Because I've changed and I've brought that into our culture, our family culture, right? Mm -hmm. And then I've seen in my extended family, my sisters and brothers, sister-in-laws, brother-in-laws, they, because of my situation and my learnings and teaching them, right, they have changed. And I've seen that over the years, which has been amazing. And so then their children are going to be starting in that prevention mode us as adults, we might not be able to handle it or understand it or do it until we get to the situation you're talking about that rock bottom. Yeah. But if we change, we are changing generationally, right? We're yeah. changing the generations where they are going to be, oh yeah, I want to be more preventative. And I've noticed like with my essential oils, all these kids that are talking about essential oils that are like in their 20s, right? I yeah. started this in 2011. So like these kids grew up with essential oils. It's normal. It's not the witchy woman or the, you know, snake sales lady or anything anymore. Because yes. they're like, we grew up with it. They work. Like, this is awesome. So yeah. with Creatrix, I hope to help people in the, the limiting belief space, right? Change that so that their children will just grow up I mean they won't even know about these limiting beliefs like I'm not good enough, I can't do this, I should, you know, because their parents have changed, right?
0: Mm. It's mm-hmm. critical. Like I could jump up and down if people could see us on video, like it's it's, it's yeah. a it's a topic that I'm super super passionate about and the fact that like you said changing family culture. Yeah. That is something that is important to Almost every person that runs in my circle is family culture, even if your family is just two people, right? If it's right. just you you and a partner or even you and your dog, it doesn't matter. Like Whatever you consider your family or your community, your extended family or your community to be, if we can start normalizing, like you said, normalizing how to navigate some of these things, it becomes second nature. It becomes a natural response versus the knee-jerk reaction. Like, oh crap, now I'm in the situation. I don't know what to do. And then that's where we create that 10X overwhelm, right? Right, right. And then we're like, now what do I do? Now, who do I go to? Now, what kind of products do I use? And it's just this anxiety-driven society that we've found ourselves in everywhere that you turn versus actually people knowing how to use the tools that are there that work. And it's just so important. So let's talk a little bit about What is the female success formula and how does it work? First of all, what is it?
1: Well, we talked about a little bit earlier, basically telling women that their brain is different and how they can use their brain more effectively, Mm. right? So dropping the do be have, right? Or the do have be, sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, dropping the do have be, the the, that that male (laughs) version of it, yeah.
1: Right, if your brain works that way, right? Like if that works for you, keep doing that for success. But if it doesn't, drop it, right? Just drop it and do the things that work for you, changing your schedule around to make it work for you, knowing that you connect all the dots. That's great. I mean, I love that. I mean, I come up with ideas and epiphanies and all that because I connect the dots. But on other occasions... If I'm connecting too many dots, too much memory, because women have better memory, you know, then that's the overwhelm. Mm. So, you know, women need to be first, right? If we have the self-esteem and we can make better decisions, we can also decide what success is, right? Like we're looking at the success and we're like, it's money and power and blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's not your success. Maybe being a stay-at-home mom is success for you, but you mm. see what other people view as success. Mm. And because you're a people pleaser or you know, you don't have the self-esteem, you're like, that's what I need to be successful. But mm. if you are in your core, you you be, you be love and you be confidence and all of that, you're going to define your success the only. Mm. So that's like. We have three resets. We have a self-esteem. We have an over-emotionalizing. So that is like, if you have too much overwhelm, if you get angry too much, those affect the way you communicate, the way you get along with other people. So if you can not Mm over-emotionalize, that's going to help you be more successful in your terms, Mm. right? And then we have a stress response. So flight, Mm. all of those things, right? So It stops you from fleeing these situations where you're overwhelmed and because you have the core self-esteem and the less emotionalizing, right? You can deal with the situations.
0: This is really, really important. These three points are really, really important for divorced women, in my opinion, because self-esteem for me, I'll talk from personal experience and from many, many of the clients that I've had so far, the self-esteem goes from self-assured to not really knowing who you are instantly, instantly. Just by owning the title of divorced, it drops significantly. The second thing is, over emotionality. It feels like I literally had a client a couple weeks ago, describe it to me as I can't get off the emotional roller coaster. And you literally feel like someone else has strapped you into this ride that you didn't sign up for, or maybe you did sign up for, but you had no clue that it was the crazy, whirly twirly throw up one. Right. Right. And you can't, it won't stop. You can't get off of it. So that to me is, that's the overemotionality that you described and then the third thing is the stress response that fight flight or freeze and i remember going through every single one of them where it's just like I'm just going to fight my way through this. I'm going to power my way through this. and so That didn't work. Then I was just going to freeze. I just wasn't going to move. I wasn't going to do anything. I wasn't, I didn't even know what to do. And then there's a the flight. Okay, well, if I can't figure that shit out, then I'm just going to run away from it all. I'm going to run away from everyone and everything. And maybe I'll move to a different place. Like you're just all over the place. And when these three pieces that you just pulled out of this success formula are in play, it's like, how do I reel this all back in. So how do we reel that back in to use and use our brain more efficiently
1: when we're just all over the board? Right. Well, if you work with me, I can help you with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
1: But that being said, really calming the overwhelm and the anxiety is super important. So I do some exercises with the vagus nerve to help Mm. calm the vagus nerve, which is our Women have a bigger one, right? So we're yeah. more emotional and more we have more nervous energy and stuff. So calming that is super important. There's definitely some exercises out there you can do, or message me, and that will help you get off the hamster wheel. Marie Forleo, I heard her a couple of weeks ago in an online program. She said I just started saying I don't do so, like she was an overwhelmed person. She's like I don't do overwhelm, and she talked about how that made her feel empowered. Yeah. versus like, I can't do overwhelm, I try not to do overwhelm, what that makes you feel more of a victim. Yeah. So I really love that you can do tapping, if you've heard of that, NFT, you know, so there's all these things out there that can help you calm yourself to get you more into your logical brain and be able to function. Mm. But the core is really getting that self esteem, lowering that over emotionalizing, because that get you centered and grounded and put your inner beliefs. Those are the most important.
0: Yeah. Really being able to tap into those inner beliefs and being able to decipher what is even true for you. Correct. Yeah. Is huge because our brains can play games with us. Like they can be really, really helpful and they can also tap into this part of us. That's not even our authentic, true Self and intuition—that's just like all over the place, and yeah. or, and like you said, being being on the hamster wheel. So, let's talk a little bit about limiting beliefs and generational beliefs. Like, what even is a limiting belief? Let's dive into the heart and soul of that one. That's a great
1: question, right? Like, I mean, because there are so many things out there that people say about them, but to me it's a block, right? It's a, a negative thought that I have that doesn't let me move forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm not good enough. So I'm not going to try out for that team. I'm not going to, you know, women, when they go into a job, they won't even apply for a job unless they think they're 100% qualified. Men will be, at, what, 50%? I think it is called, you know, mm-hmm.
0: That's, mm-hmm. Oh, I,
1: I can get through this, right? So those words in our brain that are telling us that we can't move forward, right? Yeah. And not rational. They're mm-hmm. from either our mother, or our grandmother, or our great-grandmother, or from things that happened to us that made our mind change, you know, some traumas or whatnot that made us think we're not good enough or relationships maybe we were in or something like that.
0: Yeah.
1: So, even, so, um, even
0: society, even society yeah. is splashing out there what they think we should be and what they think we should look like and what they think we should say and what they think success should look like, feel like represent, say about you. A lot of the times I think a lot of these limiting beliefs go back to what I think someone is going to think or feel about me. Correct.
1: Yes. Right. Right. But we don't, we can't be in other people's brains, right? We can only control our thoughts and feelings, which is empowering in one hand, right? Maybe not always easy. It's a practice, Mm -hmm. you know, because we have those automatic thoughts we talked about earlier, but yeah, you know, it's because we think. Our mom is going to think we're not good enough because we didn't bring our kids up the same way she did or whatever. You know, there's so many things out there that we just, yeah.
0: It's interesting. I actually had a conversation just this morning. A woman that I was talking to had a really big breakthrough and her breakthrough was, Heidi, I couldn't figure out for the longest time why I keep attracting men Mm. who are undesirable to me physically. Physically, like I keep attracting these guys. And even though it's not about looks, I want to be attracted to them. Of course. And her breakthrough was that her limiting belief was about herself, that she was not attractive. And so by realizing about that, the belief about herself was I'm not attractive. She was attracting people who She did not actually feel attracted to yeah, because she didn't feel attracted to herself. Mm -hmm. And it's just really, really major when we can hold space with other humans who are willing to process through the limiting beliefs. Because as soon as we can put a pulse on what it is, we can start to work what I call work the wound. Work the wound inside of us and really massage it out in a way. We're really working with the inner parts of ourselves to make sure that they no longer decide to, at a cellular level, believe that about ourselves.
1: Right. And they talk about it in AA, like knowing the problem helps you move forward. That's with Mm -hmm. everything, right? If you don't know the limiting belief, you're just going to go on living your life the same way, talking the same way, all that. But once you that clicks, you can't forget it, right? You're like, oh, that makes so much sense. That's why I do that. And then you can't change something you don't know, but you can change something you do know. And
0: then you see it over and over and over and over again. And it, yep. But instead of going, oh, yeah, that's just going to be in my way. That's how my life is, right? That's one route to go. Of Just, oh, yeah, Absolutely. well, that's, that's just always been in my way. It's always going to be in my way. That's just I'm just made up that way. Right. If you can actually work with somebody and work through that limiting belief and change the way that your nervous system reacts to that belief, now we become aware of what's actually going on and we use it to our advantage. We use it to empower yes. ourselves. Yeah, I know when I was in my session with you, we talked a lot about, I just have a really big friendship wound. And I was telling you, you know, like, I feel like I still don't have any friends in the area and trying to make new friends. And you immediately are like, you're cool. Let's go on a hike together. Right. <laughs> I'll prove you wrong, but it wasn't just about that. It was really about diving deeper into okay. Well, what do you believe about yourself as a friend? What do you believe about uh, right. uh, like your abilities to be a friend and your abilities to attract friendships? And so much of it went all the way back to childhood, as it always does. Like I would say, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it's going way further back than yesterday and last right. week and last month and last year. It's going way back. And it really helped me uncover and discover that there was a part of me that I no longer needed to hold on to. I didn't need to hold on to that story that I make friends and eventually they choose someone else and then I'm not needed anymore because that right. was like a continuous pattern in my life. But I now know. You're working with you, that like, that was actually a pattern because I just chose to keep repeating the story. I just chose to grip onto the limiting belief of friendship, always working out that way. So then what happens? It keeps showing up and keeps showing up and keep showing up because you're holding onto that belief, even when it's unconscious. And most of the time it is, right? You don't realize you're just like, I'm a nice person. I have, I can make friends easily, but why are they all leaving me? I must be a horrible friend. And that right. wasn't the case at all. It was just the belief that I had been holding on to that I can't hold on to friends,
1: right? And you didn't know until I asked you those questions, right? Yeah, so most of us don't know the things that are coming out of our mouth or the thoughts we have. Like we think the thoughts, but we don't know the origin, right? Because so your friend thing could have been your mom had the same situation and she gave it to you. you You don't know that, right? Right. And I was talking to a gal in a group the other day. And she was talking great about whatever we were talking about. But I heard it's so hard. It's hard. It's hard. Like I heard it like six times. And I said, right, like, do I say something? Because we're not in a coaching situation or do I not say something? And I chose to ask, is it okay if I tell you something about what you were saying? And she said, yes. And I said, you've said it's hard so many times and it's for the solutions we were giving you. So how are you going to move forward if you think everything is so hard?
0: Yes.
1: And she was like, Oh my gosh. And then I said, you know, I hope that was okay. I said this in front of other people. It was a small group, but she was like, Yeah, right. But she didn't know she was saying that. Yeah, you don't have a clue, right? Right. So um,
0: I, I I have a philosophy that things are hard. Okay stick with me on this. Some, some, (laughs) some things are hard. Of course. Yeah. Some things are hard, but so often those hard things, the solutions are very simple. Mm -hmm. The feeling behind moving towards what you want is pretty simple. Okay. I'll use myself for example. All right, you don't really have that many friends. You don't feel like you have close connections here. All right, sign up for a meetup group. Get involved in a community space. Volunteer. Join a running club. Join a bowling club. Go to the YMCA and be in classes. Talk to people. Like, right? There's simple. These are not hard things. No. But the limiting belief is this feels hard mm-hmm. in my system. this this feels hard why does it feel hard because maybe nobody will like me it's the limiting beliefs that are actually the hard part
1: yes yeah they're holding you back right they're blocking you
0: (laughs) what if what if nobody talks to me what if they don't want to be my friend what if they abandon me what if blah blah it's a million those limiting beliefs are the hard part yes but the thing itself is very simple it right. may not be easy. It may not right. be easy. I'm going to have to schedule the thing. I'm going to have to drive myself there. I'm going to have to sign up for the thing. Maybe I'm going to have to pay for it. Right? It may not be easy, but it actually is very simple. The steps yes. towards it are very simple. And so often, I'm sure you find this with your clients with my clients, the things that I tell them about moving forward after divorce are very simple. But it feels hard yes. inside my sweet sweet soul to give it a try, to do something different, right? Like you said earlier, permission to do something different, permission to decide what success looks like in my life, what happiness looks like, what joy looks like. What do I even determine that to be? To me is such a key part of this whole formula.
1: I agree. Yeah, I mean, because if we're working on someone else's success formula, it's not gonna work for us because we don't, Internalize that it's not really what we want, it's what we think we want. Mm-hmm. But until we know ourselves, we can't really go after what we really want, right? Because mm. we, we're in this fantasy world, we're living other people's lives, we're thinking other people's what other people are thinking. We're too involved in all of that because mm-hmm. we don't really know ourselves and aren't confident in ourselves. So
0: mm. that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, through your work in this process. What have you felt like success means for
1: you? I've been working on that for quite a bit. <laughs> it's
0: like a growing, I feel like for me, it's an evolution. I don't know if you feel like that, like it continuously evolves.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I was in network marketing for years and years and years and I realized it was so stressful and I was like, why am I doing this? So, you know, I still have a network marketing business, but I took a little bit of a step back to go, what do I really want? Right. And what I really want is peace and ease. I want to feel peaceful. I want things to be easy because I'm okay with myself. I'm only going to do things that make me feel peaceful. Right. I'm I'm not going after the hustle. Like we talk about the hustle, the hustle, the hustle. I'm not into that anymore. I was for years. And all it did was cause me stress and crying and bad relationships sometimes, right? Because you're just like, I'll take anybody. But now I just, I don't know. I want to help people. I want to feel peace. I want to have good relationships. I want to feel joy. And joy for me is being at peace, you know. Mm. Um, I used to walk my dog and have my earbuds in and listening to audio because I was like, I'm getting two things done at once.
0: Yes, (laughs) I can identify with that.
1: And I'm going to have some epiphanies and yada, yada. But now I go without my phone. Yes. And I just listen to my dog's nails, scratch the thing. I listen to the birds. I look around and it's more meditative for me. I'm not much of a sitting down ohm type of person, but that can be my meditation, right? Just being mm-hmm. present, listening, yes. seeing, touching, all of those things. So yeah, I do that every day with my dog. and.
0: Mm. I love that you share that. That to me is what I call joy spotting. And that is my practice where I go out and I look for joy in the world. And usually that's like what I call walking meditation because sitting is really hard for me too. That's why usually any meditation for me is connected to breath work because I'm still in the doing process, (laughs) even though I'm detaching from my mindset. But walking meditation and joy spotting is so powerful because it still gives my brain something to do, but it gives me something to recharge and refuel with and be present with. So like presence to me, presence is peace. Yes. Like when you can be totally present in where you are. My boyfriend actually is the one that taught me to stop using my phone on walks. Oh,
1: good. Okay. Okay.
0: Are you going to bring your phone or am I? And so for a long time, and he goes, because we only need it if one of us kicks it, you know what I right. mean? Like we have, we have like a major need, like we only need it for that. Otherwise right. we're not, because I used to take pictures and talk on my walks and coach yeah. on my walks and do all of that. And now I'm just like, no. No. No, this is, it's not necessary. Like just be present with you, refuel you, reclaim your joy in those moments. And that joy for me comes from that piece that you talked about, that present, yeah. that peace of hearing the birds chirp watching the wind blow a tree. It just right. like seeing the vibrant colors of all of the flowers in spring and summer, like come yeah. on, what are, there's like baby ducks all over the place right now, right? Like we, we got to pay attention to these things rather than just trying to force our earbuds to hear everything and just take, 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 take it and take it and take it in. It's just too much. Yeah.
1: yeah I did. Yes. I was getting overwhelmed, right. With so much yeah. information. Yeah. So, yeah, and, you know, the other thing, too, is if you're not present, a lot of times you're in, you could be in guilt, shame, which is the past, right? Things that, or you can be in the future with worry and anxiety, you Mm -hmm. know, so peace is really in the present moment, right? Because you're not thinking about anything else. A
0: thousand percent, a thousand percent. Oh, my gosh. So we've talked about the limiting beliefs how to move through and break free of a lot of those things, how male and female brains are different. And so we can really define our own success and having more information around this versus like the do have be into the be do have. Is there anything that we missed around the success formula?
1: Well, I mean, I do a whole talk. It's about a half an hour. Uh, and I talk about 22 to 25 different brain differences and how that affects women and, and men. But I feel for this, podcast. This is great. You know what I mean? We don't need to go into the nitty gritty details. <laughs> yeah.
0: Is there anywhere where that talk already exists? or Are we going to have to do another podcast?
1: Oh, maybe, maybe there are some <laughs> private groups, so it's not oh,
0: perfect. Um, yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, we might have to go into that on another show. Then we'll ask for some listener feedback into the, the 22 differences. Did you say of a yeah. female brain? Yeah. Yeah, I think that we should definitely dive into that. At some point, people will be like, what is this all about? It'll be super, super helpful. In the meantime, based on our chat today, what do you feel like is one thing that our listeners can start doing now to begin creating their comeback?
1: So I think the one thing would be pay attention to your words. Pay attention to the things you are saying and catch those words like can't, shouldn't, won't, Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough, I'm overwhelmed, all of these things that you're saying that are negative. I mean, because we say a lot of negative things, and obviously, you're not going to catch all of them. But if you can catch key ones that you're saying a lot, that's the gateway to changing those words, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'll go, I'll say a word, and I'll be like, cancel, cancel.
0: (laughs) Cancel, cancel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: I didn't mean Control that. Right?
0: It, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. So you know things like that. When you catch, then you can change it. And maybe mm-hmm. at the end of the day, journal down the words you said, and journal things that you'd rather say differently, so that mm-hmm. your mind can shift.
0: I love this so much. Yes, that's a really, really, really great way to do this. I call that really babysitting your mean girl, monitoring your mean girl, because we all have one and she's right up here in our noggin and she loves to just say words that aren't meant for us internally and externally. So really paying attention to what's coming out and what's going in. And like you said, jot them down. And then at the end of the day, go flip it like flip the page, yes. flip the word and try not to slip into that over and over and over again. I have a phrase that I like to use when I'm in a funk and that is how can I enjoy this moment more?
1: Mm. And yeah. just
0: offering or giving myself permission, as you said earlier, yes, giving myself permission to then I know if I'm doing it deliberately or not. If I'm deliberately choosing to stay in the funk, or if I'm trying to help myself out of it, I'll know in that moment, because my mean girl will say she'll say a thing, and then my authentic highest self will say another. Yeah. If I offer the phrase, "How can I enjoy this moment more?" My mean girl will say, "You can't. There's no way you're stuck here. Deal with it. You're stuck." My highest self will always say, "Okay." let's think about this. How could I enjoy this moment more? Even when you're in the ditch of sadness, yeah, you can find a way to enjoy that moment more. It could be taking three deep breaths. It could be whistling a tune that you know. It could be maybe letting yourself cry. That might actually help you enjoy that moment more because there's a release. Yeah. You're feeling um, the feeling. Yep, there are so many ways that we can invite ourselves to enjoy this moment more. Even if you're waiting in traffic, you can turn up the tunes, right? Pull down the windows. I don't know, it's different for everybody. But in every instance, if we can ask ourselves that at that checkpoint, I found that that really helps me. So I love this, pay attention to your words, catch your words and flip it that you've given our listeners today.
1: That's great. Yeah, thank you. And my friend told me something similar to yours. She said to say to yourself, how can it get any better than this? Ooh. So similar. Yeah. So I, yes. that a of years. So I love that. Thanks. For I sharing.
0: love that. I love that. I love that. How can our listeners get more Susie in their life?
1: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am on Instagram at, at Susie Shearing. I'm sure you'll put that down so I don't have to spell it out. Sure will. <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested in having a free call, discovery call, you can do that at Linktree. Slash Wellness Advisor. Mm-hmm. I'm also on Facebook at Fit Green Fab, and yeah, so those are probably the best places to get in touch with me.
0: Awesome, awesome! I know that you're going to get people that are like, "I want to tap into her genius. I need to know more about this Creatrix and Transformologist. This is really, really cool stuff. Male, female brain, all the things, limiting beliefs. So, you guys tap into Susie. She is a wealth of knowledge and a beautiful, beautiful, kind, loving human being. I know firsthand. And go to our show notes to grab all those tidbits or reach out to me if you need to know more. I always ask my guests two closing questions.
1: So the first one is,
0: what is one thing that you love about you?
1: Oh, I would say my love of learning and mm. my curiosity. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: that's I love those things too. Those are beautiful. And then the last question is, what does
1: joy feel like in your body? Well, I think I talked about this a little bit earlier. Peace and being present. So um, just calmness is calmness. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because whenever I'm around you, I feel that sense of calmness and peace. I love that you you really <laughs> exude those qualities. So it's a really beautiful thing that that is what joy really means for you. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. I just really really appreciate you and your time and your energy. It's
1: really been great. Thank you for inviting me, and it's been great too. This is what I told you earlier. This is my first podcast. So.
0: Yes, you guys. <laughs> this was this was Susie's first ever podcast. So round of applause. Amazing job. <laughs> great job. And just a kind reminder to all of you guys listening out there as we close, just remember you are safe, you are loved, you are enough. Go out into the world, shine your light bright, and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved our chat or know someone who would take a quick screenshot and share it now, or leave a five-star review. So this message can reach the masses. Let's continue connecting. Drop me a DM at your divorce planner, or go to your to start coordinating your comeback today. You can even schedule a free connection call to dive into your desires and understand how partnering with your divorce planner will be a game changer for your next chapter. Tune in next week for another transformational topic. And remember, you are loved. You are worthy. You are enough. Take care.